Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roundtable Podcast with Miles, Joe, and Zach. You can find us on Twitter at PodRoundtable. Feel free to DM us with any content ideas or anything of the like. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Roundtable Podcast. Um, what do you know? Another another shortened episode with uh, Miles is not here. He's at work, so it's just Joe and I. But we're in the studio. Um, NFL Sunday. We're we're eating, trying to trying to trying to cram in an episode. Uh, right now, we're going to talk NBA. We're going to leave the NFL one for probably midweek. We'll do a recap of games, and then we'll try to get into a flow of finding out something how to record NFL games, making it worthwhile. Because if we record we record on Sundays, if we record an NFL episode on Sunday. Our picks mean nothing because we could be completely wrong. So, which like we could be completely wrong anyway because we could just be dumb. Yeah, I mean we we're just we want to at least let you listen to our dumbness before you already know the outcome. So maybe if we're right, you can enjoy that. If you enjoy that, depends on you if, know. If you want to see us fail, then you know I guess the haters are still listening. So yeah. that's that's nice. But thank you, thank thank you for that. But but anyway, it's an NBA episode. Um, for today it's gonna be shortened too because again we're gonna try to make kickoff. It's twelve forty five right now. Um, go Pats. Go, go Pats. Go Cam Newton. The whole night. Yeah, I got my Cam Newton jersey on expecting <coughs> to talk NFL. And then we had this realization in the car like, wait a minute. We're never going to make why, it. Why would, we, why would we talk NFL when you won't hear it till after the game and we haven't watched the game yet? It doesn't make any sense. Because like, there's no reason for you to listen to something that you know what happens when we don't know what happens. Just just dumb. So we're going to talk Game 7, um, Celtics Raptors. We're going to talk Celtics Heat. We're going to talk Rockets Lakers closeout Game 5. Um, and we're going to talk Clippers, Nuggets, Game 6, um, the whole nine. So we'll see how that goes. But, Joe, do you have any thoughts to start on um, Game 7 Celtics-Raptors? That was so nerve-wracking of a game. <laughs> like, that was just such a stressful game to watch. Like, because they kept pulling up, pulling a lead, but they, they couldn't extend it too much. No. And then, the like... The Raptors wouldn't go away. They wouldn't go away. And then ESPN was just firing the whole, like... Whichever team shoots well from three is usually won the game. Yeah. And the Celtics start out like 0 of 8 from three. Mm-hmm. And I was and Jalen started like 0 of 5. It was so bad. And I was like, uh-oh. This is Cleveland all over this again. Is, game this isn't good. This isn't good. But that, I did like that they he realized like, okay, instead I'm gonna attack the closeout instead of just hitting the shooting the open three. Yeah. Um he got a lot of points going to the going to the rim. I think they showed he was like seven of eight from two mm-hmm. or something like that. Because he finished the game. 10 of 17 or something like that. So he was well over 50%. It was just he was one from seven or from one three. for eight from three. And he made like every one of his twos because most of them were dunks and layups because he's just, Athletic. he really showed how good he is in transition. I think that was something that stuck out to me was like. He had that nice Euro step yeah. over somebody, I forget who, but um, I exactly the same. I was with um Miles, who again isn't here, but I was with Miles and a couple of the friends watching it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> it just... It had me nervous because, again, we all watched Game 7 against Cleveland two years ago. And if you didn't, um, Rozier and Brown back then front-rimmed every three-pointer you could have possibly imagined. And that's exactly what Jalen was doing this time around. And I'm not saying he was choking or anything because sometimes your shot is just off regardless if it's Game 7. But it was like, fuck, we're going to do this again. Because the only person who was playing well in Game 7 against Cleveland, uh, Cleveland was Tatum. The only person playing well before Smart kicked up his game was Tatum. And so I was like, holy shit, this is just Game 7 um, 2018 all over again. But, like Joe said, instead of Jalen, that shows Jalen's progress. I was actually really happy to see that, is that Jalen from two years ago kept fucking launching, and he kept bricking. Jalen now realizes, look, 
Shot's not working. I can help in other ways. I'm still defending well. He still locked up Pascal Siakam. Um, and he went to the rim. Got in transition. Had had some nice cuts. I remember, um, I think it was Tatum that found him on a dump-off pass. Like that, or maybe it was Kemba. But um, he came in from the right wing. So just th- just things like that like made me... It kind of settled me down a little bit. I was I was wicked nervous when I when they didn't get off to a great start and Jalen was front rimming. Um, but I yeah the entire time it was nerve wracking because regardless of being game seven, TNT um, and then Stan Van Gundy kept pushing this Toronto team. Man, you don't want to let them hang around. They're they're battle tested. They, you know they and it's true they're battle tested. So like they're not nervous of being down ten in the first quarter, and it showed they went down twelve and immediately went on that like twenty to seven run to close the quarter, and so. But that scared the shit out of me when the Celtics couldn't pull away like 20 plus points. Um, but I think in the end, it actually benefits them more. Like, game seven is game seven regardless. But if you get a close game seven and you have to gut it out, and that's exactly what they did because game seven is all about guts, all about can you put your balls on the line and what are you going to do to like really help your team win? And um, this was not a walk, walk, walk through, like blowout game or anything. It was. You know, here we go, head down, we're going to have to get through It was Toronto. a dog fight. Yeah, it was, it was 100%. Um, I think someone used a rock fight, like that great example, because the Celtics didn't score for the last five minutes. They didn't have a field goal in the last five minutes of the game, but they still won. That's crazy. Yeah, and I think something that was pretty apparent um, watching it, and I and this is something I kind of had expected would be the case, I didn't think it would affect the Celtics as much as it did, but you could tell that everyone's legs were tired. So they were done. Like that double overtime game killed their legs. I... I was talking to someone and I t- I tweeted the screenshot of it saying like I was really expecting Kyle Lowry to fade in the second half, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. Like he definitely lost his legs. I didn't expect Jalen and Jason and the rest of the guys to like not be able to shoot threes as well as they did. But realistically speaking, I it it was an exhausting series for them, and you could really see that there was uh there was just some tired legs, which is why some stuff was front rimming in my <laughs> opinion. I don't know if you saw the the um the stat, but. In game six, the Celtics starters played all the third quarter, all the fourth quarter, all of overtime, all the second overtime. And so they played over 50 minutes, and then that same group of guys played 40-plus minutes in game seven. So that's, like, as soon as they got to, as soon as they got to the fourth quarter, I was like, they they got to have something left. Like, that, it can't be the end here because Toronto, I mean, Toronto's just as tired as they are, but again, it's Toronto's battle-tested. Toronto's and if, if not this. more tired, because Nick Nurse's rotation was significantly smaller yeah. than, than Brad's was. And so, one of these like, one of these teams is going to have, like, this is, like, no shit, the fourth quarter's where the game is won, but someone is going to come through here because, I mean, you could, like you said, you could tell everyone was dead tired. Like, again, front-rooming shots, kind of lazy rotation sometimes on defense, and it wasn't like a you're gapping on, on where you're supposed to be. It was the fact, like, holy shit, I can't get to the spot. Um, yeah, just tired. Just like dead tired, you can't get around screens as well, stuff like that. And so, um, that was definitely weighing on my mind. I liked how Kemba, in game six, I mean, right, let me take it back a little bit. I don't want to, I'm really hard on Kemba, just because, I mean, I think you have to be. He's a max player, and he's he's your second option on offense. If he's not there, it's really hard to win. And they showed that in game seven with four points. Like, that was unacceptable, but you really think of it, Toronto completely schemed to take him out. That box and one was dedicated to, to Kemba. I mean, yeah, they ran some that, Tatum, but it's that harder. Was, I was I was flying around group chats that I'm in with that because like people are saying like Kemba's got to be better, like he can't just disappear. Like he, and then at halftime they're saying like I think it was uh, Charles Barkley was saying like he has to be UConn Kemba, like he, he can't do this anymore. Yeah. But I'm like they they're getting significantly good looks. Like it's a zone, it's a box and one. He's getting doubled 
any t- in doubled and blitzed anytime he gets the ball on a pick and roll, he's pat making the right pass, except everyone's missing open threes. Yeah. Like if we were shooting any anything that game, like any decent percentage, we're up fine. 20. Yeah. Like we are being the Celtics. We being the Celtics, yes. Because he they ran the box and won against him earlier in the series, mm-hmm. and we took a huge lead. Yeah. Because we were getting open looks. They weren't blitzing him as much, so he was getting more mid-range looks too, I think. Yeah. But People were hitting open shots. Mm-hmm. And when you hit open shots against a zone, that's how you people stop playing zone. Because that's why, I mean, that's why, that's why they ran it against Curry last year. There was nobody on Golden State that could hit shots besides Curry. So you box in one Curry and like the entire team's fought. Clay's out, Katie's out. Who the hell's making shots besides Curry? So Draymond ain't splashing them. Yeah, <laughs> Draymond is definitely not splashing threes. And so that's why the box and one works. And that's why it theoretically worked when the Celtics weren't hitting shots. Take Kemba out and it's like make someone else beat you. And that's, it's a good idea. It's why Nurse and the Raptors are so good. They'll play junk defenses, but Tatum being good was so, so huge in that game. 22, 12, and 7. Um, the second youngest player to have a 25, 10, and 5 game since Kobe. So, I mean, it was kind of almost like a storybook, storybook kind of thing. Um, but thank, I mean, thank God I'm a Celtics fan, and thank God Jason Tatum is a Celtic, because that kid is so fucking special. Um, it's crazy how fast he's progressed. At the start of the year, I don't mean Celtics fans would know this, but if you're not a Celtics fan and you're listening, first of all, thank you. And second of all, Tatum at the beginning of the year didn't pass well. I mean, he he had like functional passes. It was like, all right, I see a guy open in the corner, I'll make the pass like a driving kick. But when he would get blitzed, like when, when Tatum's ascension started, teams started blitzing him, doubling him, trapping off of picks and stuff like that. And it was like, he was understandably frustrated and... It threw him off. I was like, he's never dealt with this before, so of course he's going to have to adjust. But by by the time the Raptors series rolled around, he was regularly rap- racking up six pluses. He averaged five assists for the series. And he was finding guys, like, like I was watching, and, and it didn't register to me, like, holy shit, Tatum's rifling these skip passes to, like, anywhere he wants. And it's like, every time I trust the pass to, the pass to get there. It's not like, Tatum, what are you doing? It was like, oh, Tatum's... Running the offense again, and so... Yeah, and he had a bunch of good drop-off passes to, like, Jalen when Jalen would make a good backdoor mm-hmm. cut. And so, it's it's just like, thank God Tatum showed up because they, they needed him, A. And B, um, it makes you feel better for future circumstances because you don't have to worry, fuck, is, is this moment a little too big for Tatum? Every time the moment has been big, he shows he shows up. Um, game 7 against Cleveland, showed up. He was the only player who showed up. Um... Closeout game against Philly that same year, he showed up. That whole playoff run, he showed up. Multiple primetime games this year, which aren't the playoffs, but it's still primetime against big opponents. Clippers, Lakers, showed up. Um, showed up against Philly. Showed up against Toronto. And so it's like, all right, now it's just Tatum. Is you just have a, to expect it now. Tatum is just a good playoff performer, and he's doing it now as a lead dog. Was he efficient? No, I think he was like 9 for 23. So sure, I mean, hypothetically, you'd like a little bit better efficiency, but... His legs are also tired. I mean, though, he's, kind of he's going tired. Back, going back to that tired legs point. And besides, and Kemba being off because I'm taking a lot with a box and one. Now they can focus on Tatum as well because it's like, all right, even if even if they're not box and one in Kemba, he was still missing shots. He had a few good open shots that he just missed. Like Kemba was just off, regardless. Um, and so they're focusing on Tatum by that point. It's like, look, beat us. And he was beating them. He was hitting pull up threes, stuff like that. So um, I don't mean to ramble too much, but there's just a lot of thoughts that go into being a fan of a team, watching them go through a game seven against the defending champions and then win like it's such a huge relief because there's so much like I mean sure as a fan you'd like them to win in four no heart no heartache nothing like you get out of that series yeah. easily but when you look back on this two years from now you're like thank god they went to game seven against Toronto and Toronto beat the shit out of them and like the Celtics came out of it but like Toronto gave them all they could handle 
and vice versa. Like the Celtics did. It's not like the Celtics. Yeah, it's a good growth lost. moment. Yeah. yeah, it's like the more times they can experience. Like, look, we didn't score, but we played lockdown defense, and we did what we had to do to beat a really good team with a really good defense and a really good coach. So, great learning moment. Um, I think it'll play well for them against Miami. Miami really like they manhandled the Bucks. All all praise to them. But they didn't have a, a come to grips moment like the Celtics did in Game Seven or like Game Six, so maybe that plays plays up here. Um, also, the fact that G- this is the first time Jimmy Butler's been past the second round in his entire career, I didn't realize that. And so the Celtics have significantly more playoff experience than the Heat yeah. do. He, I mean, he's definitely a guy that I think can close. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not expecting Jimmy Butler to shrink in the moment, but like it's kind of weird how experienced Celtics are. I'll let you talk because I've been talking forever, but. I saw that on Twitter today that Tatum has 38 or 38 or 39 games played in the playoffs already, and that's absolutely ridiculous. He's a third-year player, and he's played 39 games in the playoffs. Yeah. Stat from uh, Barstool Greeny, but it, their their experience will serve them well soon. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I've been kind of going back and forth on this Heat series and what I think is going to happen, really, because, like, Jimmy Butler is really good. Bam's really good. They have other guys like Tyre Hero's good. Duncan Robinson can hit threes. Can shoot the hell out of him. And like, they've they're definitely a good team. Dragic is scrappy. Dragic is scrappy. Um, I think defensively the Celtics match up well against Jimmy Butler because you can rotate Smart, Tatum, Brown. Brown. If Hayward's back at any point during the series and healthy enough to play a good defense like a defense he's a good defense he's a good defender um so you have defenders to throw on him bam's what makes me nervous because they're gonna have it, it might come up to like robert Williams. like it's gonna come up to the two williams i think i don't think tice i mean tice can maybe stay with him but he does he has more athleticism than tice he's stronger than tice um he stretches the floor well which tice can guard but it's not like tice is out there guarding like and bam's just a, a bomb highly skilled player yeah. too like he's it's, it's not just Oh, that's an athletic big to worry about. It's like Bam's good. He can play. Like, he can like he he can finesse you. He can overpower you. Make shoot passes, shoots like he can do pretty much it all. Yeah. So I'm worried about Bam, but I don't know if Bam can do it alone. I don't think he can. Like yet. if if you can keep Jimmy Butler inefficient. Not saying you're gonna shut him down all series, no. but like between Marcus, Jalen, Jason, we'll go with just those three. If you can keep him inefficient. I think I really like the Celtics' chances. Yeah. And then you just need to be closing out on threes. It's amazing how mu- how many people are picking the Heat in this series. Like, every comment section I go on Twitter, again, Twitter, the one... Well, the, the recency of they, they, they them washed, washing the Bucks. They washed the Bucks. And it's like, the Bucks weren't playing great. No. Um, uh, it's also a really good matchup for the Heat. Um, yeah. The Heat are a good matchup for the Bucks. Um, I don't think the Heat defend the Celtics well. No. I, I, don't, mean, I don't think that they're going to have the defenders to neutralize... Is like as many guys to neutralize Kemba, Jalen, and Jason the way that they need the way that the the Raptors. Yeah, could. like they're taller than the Raptors, but they're not as good in, like as good defenders. Like Drogic checking Kemba. Drogic's not a bad defender, but Kemba. He's not Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he's not Kyle Lowry. He's or not Fred VanVleet. He's not OG Ananobi. Like OG Ananobi is a good defender. So yeah. there's plenty of ways this can go, but the Celtics score, let alone the fact that the Heat were like I think they're a 14th ranked defense this year or 12th or something like that. They were like 12 or 14, and so. Yeah. They're not a great defense to begin with. Again, another team that can throw junk defenses at you. Uh, Spostra loves to run zones, yeah. which having Hayward back for is going to be huge if he comes back by, like, hopefully game two or three. Yeah, even just having Hayward to... Break a to, zone. Yeah, to break the zone and, like, just handle the ball. I think one thing that it was it would have been helpful, to, I think, to get Kemba going again when he was having issues against that zone was to have him play off the ball more. 
but you didn't have anybody that could really break that zone if Kemba wasn't the primary ball handler. Like Marcus is a good is a good ball handler and a good passer, but, but he doesn't he doesn't cause as much like rotations in a zone mm-hmm. when he makes a move. At least like Hayward, you know, is going to make the right pass, and you know he's going to at least attack the vulnerable points of a zone. Yeah, and his mid range game is like the best part of his game, Butter. really. So like. If he gets to that pull up in like the free throw line area where like usually there's a hole in his own, mm-hmm. it's just right in the middle. It's like he's just gonna like, oh, you're not gonna jump like the big's not gonna jump up because they don't want me to drop this off to Tice or whoever's playing mm-hmm. the five right now. Perfect, I'll pull up. It's and, up to Hayward and I'll be efficient here. And he shoots like fifty percent on on mids, so it's like it's yeah. literally like a one in two chance he'll make the shot. Yeah, um, and it might it, it probably would be more efficient if it was like wide a pull open. up in a wide in a zone versus like when he makes it when it's a step back against yeah, like a turn a tough turnaround against like a big. So, yeah. um. I preemptively have Celtics in six or seven. I don't. I saw people saying Heat in five. That seems fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I don't to me. see that. Like, I could see Heat in like six or seven as well. Like, I think this is a long series either way. Um, I want to. I want to note. I got Raptors. In, I got Celtics you in did seven. Get that right. I got that right. Um, it didn't look like I would for a little bit there, but I, I got it right yeah. one way or another. I, I think my big thing with this series is I. I expect Kemba to have a, ba- a bounce back series because mm-hmm. I don't think that the Heat are equipped to neutralize him as well as Raptors anywhere Raptors near as close as the way the Raptors could. Mm-hmm. That's like a Raptors specific problem pretty much with the way that they defend and the and like Kyle Lowry, OG Anobi, Fred VanVleet like dogging him the whole series. Yeah. Like they just won't. The, the Heat won't do that to him. They they literally don't. I don't think they have the guards to do it. Like Duncan Robinson is an underrated defender. I know there's like a, a, a misnomer that he's like a borderline sieve, but when you watch him, he actually doesn't get blown by that much. Like he's not a good defender by any means. I don't want to make it seem like he's all NBA, but he's he's a bit athletic and he has longer arms. Um, and so I don't think they're gonna torture him on defense. Like, but I also don't expect him to check Tatum. Like I think Tatum would <laughs> have his way with Duncan Robinson. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. Um, I, I think defensively you worry about Butler, yeah, and like Bam, Bam switching out, and and then even then like <clears throat> I'm less concerned about Bam if he's getting switched out onto like Brown and Tatum because I trust them to make the right pass and make the to right make read. the right pass. But like Jalen and Jason are well, Jalen most more so is just so athletic. Yeah, like yeah, Bam's athletic, but like if Jalen gets a half a step at the three point line, like he Bam, might cut his way there. Bam's not going to catch up to him. Like yeah. maybe his length can contest, but he's not. Like I still think we have good athleticism on to attack switches. Still, yeah. Um, another thing is like <clears throat> they don't have the guard defenders of the Heat, being that the Raptors did, but they do have wing defenders. Butler's a good wing defender. Um, Iguodala is still effective. Crowd is effective, and so um, I don't think the Celtics gonna are gonna gash them from the wings. But the good thing is that they're definitely not better wing defenders than the Raptors had. Siakam's a great defender. Ananobi's a great defender. Um, and so <clears throat> I think Butler's on <clears throat> sorry, mucus. Um, I think Butler's on that level, obviously, of like Ananobi and Siakam, but I don't think Crowder's that there anymore. Um, he's lost a step. Iguodala's definitely not there anymore. Like still a good defender, but I don't expect him to lock up Jason Tatum. Yeah, like I I think you can expect similar production from Tatum, mm-hmm. more production from Kemba, and you probably take a step back with Jalen. Yeah, like he's gonna have a better defender on him, but Overall, I'm still thinking, like I said, Celtics in six or seven. I, I say six. Um, I just, when both teams are playing at their height, similar to how the Raptors series was, the Celtics are just better. Like, they're a better team, um, better players. And I Tim Legler said this on ESPN the, the other night, um, right after Game 7 on Friday. They had, like, a little preview with him on SportsCenter um, at night. And he was, he basically said what we're kind of saying now. Heat, still a great team. Played, they're a good defense. Um they share. They're really similar to the Celtics on offense. They share the ball. 
um, very unselfish. But when both teams are operating at their peak, it's the Celtics. Because at their peaks, I think, um, I don't even think, the Celtics are definitely better. Tatum matches up, like, talent level with Butler. Like, I think they're on the same level when they're both at their peak. But after that, Brown's better than anybody at his peak. Kemba's better than anybody on um, at his peak. Like, it's like Bam. Bam at his peak is great. Bam, like, Bam's the X factor. Great, yeah. If, at, on, down and down in, on the bigs. If they can, because he he almost presents like he's he's not nearly as dominant as or nearly as big either as Embiid, but he presents a similar thing of like the Celtics' weakness is still their bigs, and it's not a weakness anymore of like it's gonna gash and they're the five seed, but it's the fact of like when you consider the strengths and the weaknesses of the team, the big is still the weakness regardless of how you want to slash it, and so if he can exploit them down low because. He's kind of a combination of everything. He has he has the athleticism that Abaka had, um, which caused the Celtics some problems because they could not play Rob Williams against Abaka. Like for some, whatever reason, Rob Williams just didn't process fast enough to maybe cover the open th- fucking shooter. Yeah, like Rob Rob couldn't. He wasn't there quick enough to defend the three. But then if he bit too hard, Abaka was making passes going by him. Um, yeah, and so it's tough. That and I'm this is a long way way of saying Bam is a good. good Good combination of everything they face so far, um, and so that's why I think I think I read was it Jared Weiss maybe or Jake and one of the athletic guys, um, great writers, is that their best chance. I mean, while Tice will obviously start, Tice is their best big. Um, it might come down to Rob Williams's um, athleticism and Grant Williams's toughness and IQ playing against Bam. I think Grant Williams is probably gonna get fucking bodied against Bam, but um, it's not like Grant's a slouch. Great defender. We saw it against Fred Van Fleet, and he's able to switch really well. And yeah. so I think it'll be a similar to how it usually is. I think it'll be a a big by committee. Like if one of them's getting re- fucked up, <laughs> you throw in the next guy, and you hope Bam doesn't ruin him too. Yeah, um, just th- throw bodies at him, and you really see what sticks. Uh, I guess we can transition because we've been talking mostly Celtics. Um, yeah, speaking of another team that had big issues. Yeah, the Rockets. Uh, you know they looked good at the start of the series, and I then... picked Rockets in seven. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, they like it. Well, it looked like they were going to be good to start the series, and then the Lakers just showed up. I mean, LeBron played really well. LeBron and AD just carried it, and I think where do they go from here? The Rockets, like that's tough. I was looking. Um, I was on Twitter yesterday, and the entire timeline was basically in sync of Westbrook's borderline untradeable, but he also doesn't work with that team. Like as much as Harden and him are cool and they're friends, um, which is big for being like a good duo, like, you can't hate each other, I don't think, um, he just, he's not fit for that play style at all, they're a shoot threes and play defense team, and Westbrook doesn't shoot threes, he can shoot them all he wants, but he's not making them, um, yeah, and so where the hell, like, he's worse than Chris Paul was for them, and not only is he worse for them than Chris Paul was, they also dumped all their assets to get rid of Chris Paul to get Westbrook, um, they have no first round picks left, like, they have nothing, so, where the hell do they go from here? Yeah, I saw it being floated around, like to like to hit the reset button. Like you almost have to trade Harden. I saw that, point. and it's like it's it, like, and it's like, how do you even trade him? It's crazy to think of that. But then I saw someone. I mean, someone was getting ratioed hard. It was like <laughs> it was like one like to like ten replies in some random thread I was on. But when you really narrow it down, they were like, look, they have to trade Harden. They build around Westbrook, and it's like, how the fuck do you build around Westbrook? The guy lost. He's like losing athleticism quickly. He can't shoot, and he's now becoming injury prone. Like, he's always hurt with something. Harden's the only thing you get assets for, though. Harden would get so much back in return for them. And so, it's tough to trade Harden because he is Houston, but does it make you a better team? If I, It's tough to say you trade a top-five player and it makes you a better team, but 
Can you salvage a little bit of Westbrook by sh- surrounding him with less ball dominant players who are all shooters and that open see, up the floor? See, I don't. I I say no to that. I think if you want to, if you're playing the long game, yes, I think you trade. You would. I think you're better off by trading Harden, getting assets back, acquiring expiring contracts, playing the we need to stockpile assets for the next three years, to then either go make a move when we have cap space, go make a trade when someone becomes available. Or do something because this isn't working the way it currently is. Yeah. If you're trying to still be good, you don't, you still, you salvage Harden. Like you, you figure out what it takes to get rid of Westbrook, figure it out. Sure. You probably take an L in that trade, but like if you gain any flexibility, it's an addition by, by like, subtraction. Yeah. Like if you just gain any flexibility and being like, let's try the, I don't even I don't I don't even know like I don't want to call it the Milwaukee approach because like that doesn't work but just the idea that like okay Harden's gonna be the guy and we're we're gonna stop this trying to find him a his, co-star his Robin mm-hmm. and we're gonna say run the show just just yeah just run the show and, we'll and we're gonna give you competent pieces. role players mm-hmm. instead of let's invest in two guys maybe we'll have like a tear down a third guy and then it's like fodder at the end of the bench yeah and be like okay like. Let's get a strong supporting cast, and just give Harden and as much just, help. And Harden's the guy. Yeah, I mean, this is a different viewpoint. Is at what point? It's tough to say because Harden is legitimately one of the best players in the league. Um, he was a beast this year, extremely efficient, puts up high numbers and all that stuff. When does he become the problem? Like, it didn't work alone. It didn't work with Dwight Howard. It didn't work with CP3. It didn't work with Westbrook. I mean, sure, you can you can have three bad teammates in a row, which is what the more than likely care, uh, scenario is there. But at what point does it become Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting like different results? Like, at what point do you be like, shit, something's not working with Harden in this system? Like, do we have to change? I mean, maybe it's firing Dan Tony, getting him the fuck out yeah, of there. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a scheme change. Because I was watching. Because um, the the player matters more than the coach. I was watching eighty percent of the time. Yeah, the NBA. like I was watching the halftime show. Um, in the in, at halftime of Rockets Lakers, oh, no way, and really? you know, halftime too. at halftime, that's crazy. Um, I think it was was it I forget who it was. Some, one of the one of the analysts on the halftime show was pointing out how Austin Rivers. Uh, they showed it. He came in from the wing, and there was four guys around the perimeter, and the Lakers left Austin Rivers completely alone to shoot a mid range. And instead of getting the easy basket, he came, he wasn't even looking at the rim. He was looking out to find PJ Tucker or Harden or someone on the on the wings to pass out for a three. And it's like, while threes are the most valuable shot in the league, eventually you have to take the mid-range because it opens up the offense and like you have to make them respect something else than you jacking up threes all night. And so I think yeah, like may- if, maybe if they're it's a giving it to you, they're giving it to you. Yeah, you have to take it. And so maybe it's a scheme change. Um, get D'Antoni the hell out of there. That's not working. Like, it's just not. Can we really realize that? Whether Again, whether it's Harden, Westbrook, D'Antoni, a combination of the three, some form of the two, like something has to change there because it's not working year after year after year. And it's ironic that the farthest they've gotten was maybe with Harden himself. Like, they went to the West Finals with Harden and Dwight, um, and they, I'm pretty sure they got waxed by, the, by Golden State that year. Um, and, of course, he took them... Well, to, they, well, the Chris, they went to the Game Chris, 7 with Chris, Chris Paul, Paul, too. But it's the fact of, like, this is the this is like one of the worst finishes they've had in a while. And where do you go from here? Because now it's even worse. Um, I mean, I... It is. It's tough because there's there's options, right? Like I I think I I also still stand by. I don't think D'Antoni is gonna get it done. Personally, like I just don't think that system 
works with something's wrong. Yeah. Like whether it's like, you're not taking open looks. If like teams know you're not going to take a, like a, an 18 footer, like there needs they, to be a more sustainable source of offense than a three. Yeah. Like they would have won against warriors if they didn't miss they didn't 27, 27 in a row. straight threes. But it's like, like at some point you're missing, like take something else. adapt, go inside, get to mid range, something. something, but instead it's, but that's, that's not D'Antoni. It's so all like, home runs. Um, maybe in a lightning in a bottle year, I think you could very well see a D'Antoni coach team with a good roster wax their way through the finals. Mm-hmm. If they're, if they don't ever have like a series where they go cold. Yeah. But the problem is it's you go cold, it's like, it's going to happen. Like you're going to go cold. And if it lines up on a, on a series where a team's fighting you hard and you need that game to win like golden state yep. and you miss 27 in a row, you're not going anywhere. You're not, you're not winning that game and you're not winning game seven. So yes, lightning in a bottle they could that system could work and you could wax your way through the finals but like it just doesn't any it's not sustainable like, like it just so much has to go right yeah to always be hitting those shots and so i guess we can use this as a transition to the next topic lakers are in the conference finals what are you thinking for nuggets clippers clippers are going to close them out next game and there's a couple re- first off the clippers are the better team mm-hmm, i know far. isaiah on twitter is like all about nuggets, nuggets and seven. seven sorry isaiah i think and you're wrong there. I, um, I also I value your opinion, but I think you're you're probably wrong. Yeah, I don't think and Nuggets so have the fire, firepower. I think for this. there's I think there's like so many factors. Like the Clippers are the better team. They have the star power. Um, props to sort of props to Michael Porter Jr. for like saying we need to get people involved and then hitting a fuck you three, hitting a clutch three. But he also only had like eight points. Yeah, that was so like, like his only. Shot. <laughs> he was like hit the clutch shot when they gave it to him, but like didn't actually get involved. So like, yeah. I don't really know how that's going to go for you. I missed Nuggets. most of that game. Um, did you watch, did you watch? I it was or? like doing errands in my apartment while it was on. I was gonna say, I was doing homework and it was weird. Cause it was like, they were up. They, I was just going to ask, how did they, I get, I, I read the defense failed them. Like they just stopped playing defense and they got lazy. Um, which very well the possibility, but like I, do, I would it was expect- definitely weird. Cause the Clippers were up by a lot. And by then like I blinked, plus. I blinked and it was like a five point game. Again. Yeah. And, and so, um, and just they just kept they like I think the Nuggets hit like three threes in a row, and then that closed it. So and that kind of just like mm-hmm. quick and quickly made it a much closer game. I too think Clippers in six. Um, I think they close it out next game. I think they got to work. I think the, if you're a Nuggets fan, I think you we're gonna go full tin hat right now. But like the league wants Clippers Lakers. Yeah, like you guys aren't getting. You, you would have to overcome the refs twice, and you have to overcome playoff Kawhi because Kawhi's been a fucking maniac this and, and i think you could argue oh well you know it's better for the league to recoup revenue if they get a game seven i don't think the league wants to risk a game seven yeah i think like we're gonna they're gonna give the they're gonna give the clippers two chances to win it sure oh. it's sure maybe it's a bit of a tin hat thing but like no I we agree. all know we all know the refs have tendencies and if the refs themselves they flat out rigged game six against the Raptors and Celtics I don't care that game was rigged yeah because they've had what was it Tim Donahue was that the guy that came out and said that they did it yeah they've, they've rigged they've games done in the it past. in the past um and like you could you could even if you want to play devil's advocate and say like no Tony Brothers doesn't uh-huh, no okay, okay. They, they don't tell Tony Brothers to do this they just, they just put the right ref in yeah, that they sure. know will do it Fuck you could off. argue that maybe but like I just I think the Clippers are the better team the league wants LA versus LA in the conference finals. The two best teams in the West. The two best teams in the West. It's the series we've all been waiting for. The biggest firepower. Like, that's what we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Like, because there is a real expectation this year with the way that the Lakers were hyped and the Clippers were hyped that the Western Conference Finals were the best, would be the best series of the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's very similar finals. to how the Rockets Warriors, Warriors were that series. Like, mm-hmm. every, everyone was like, that's the series. 
it doesn't matter. The finals won't be as competitive or as fun yeah, as and, that series. And then Durant it, got it, hurt. It had that then, vibe. Yeah, and then Durant got hurt and it switched. But um, the Clippers, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's my second favorite team in the league besides the Celtics. Like, I love Kawhi, favorite player outside of a Celtics team. Um, big fan of Paul George's game when he's on. Like, playoff P, real playoff P. Stupid nickname, but... Like when when Paul George is himself, really fun to watch. Great defender, great shooter. Um, the whole nine. Um, I like Trez. Like I like the whole roster. I like Doc Rivers, but they they either I think they're maybe I don't put Kawhi in this because Kawhi's a very level headed dude. But I think that roster thinks too much of themselves too quickly. Like they're almost like the Celtics from last year in that sense. Like the Clippers, you mean? Yeah, the Clippers. Like the Clippers are kind of like the Celtics from last year that they think they've accomplished something that they haven't. They're definitely a better team than the Celtics were last year, and they're. They're already way past what the Celtics were last year, like literally just like progressing to the playoffs. But like they get they get too caught up in like, like they I, I just they just saying. stop playing hard. Like, like they, they're, it's sus- like, they're susceptible to looking past the rest of that game or that series. It's like they they think they've won they think they've done what Golden State did when this is their first go around together. And so I think they have to clean that up. Um because if they if they pull that shit against the Lakers, I think LeBron and AD will take advantage of it. I would still pick Clippers Lake. I would still pick Clippers over Lakers in that series, hypothetically. Um, but I've I've kind of underestimated the Lakers to this point. If they get the role players playing well and Rondo plays like a little bit of playoff Rondo, then it's certainly a different series. Um, but I think the Clippers have to like... See, I'm not inside the locker room. I don't know. Maybe this is just me throwing shit against the wall. But it seems like they have to clean something up because, I mean, blown leads happen. But all throughout the year, you've seen like the Clippers haven't reached their full potential. They get there when they want to. But a lot of it is fucking around, coasting couple games here and there like yeah. the boston games were like they played really well yeah it's but... like and you, and you could see when they're at their potential you can see it like the celtics the first time down in la against the clippers earlier in the year the lakers i mean the, the lakers the celtics had like it was more than five points with like five minutes ago so like that game isn't over but it's like all right the celtics just keep making shots and defending they're fine all it took was like lou williams to come back in like they set their rotation right and then they fucking blitz the celtics and got it overtime and then it was a tough game in overtime but um the celtics lost but like you can see, you see how quick they turn it on when they want to. Like they're a, yeah. they're the best team in the league probably um, when they're playing well. It's just it's just hard to turn it on on command. Yeah, and so they have to be in that mindset all the time. Which with Brad Stevens, especially has, in the playoffs. Yeah, which Brad Stevens has preached to the Celtics, which is why that's so important. They came like that in Game Seven. They were trying. Um, and so if, I mean, if the Lakers, if the Lakers, Jesus, if the Clippers come out and they try, I think the Nuggets are fucked. Um, I think it'll be Lakers Clippers very easily. Um, so that's why I say Clippers and Six. I expect them to just get their shit together, and Kawhi will probably be like robotic please play well like some sh- like is bad laugh and all that shit um so i guess we can go to like pick what do you think clippers lakers goes to because i'm i'm maybe maybe this will come back to bite me and if it does so what but I, I think that game i think that goes seven uh, lakers clippers yeah i was gonna say because i'm picking clippers to go like I'm, I'm completely ignoring the rest of this nugget series um clippers are winning and so my pick would be clippers and seven um I can't wait to watch LeBron. Kawhi. I think I think I lean Clippers in seven, but I think I think it's definitely going to go seven. I think similar to what I said about the Clippers Nuggets. I think now the flip side is true, where these are the teams you wanted. It's good for the league. Get that get that to seven. Yeah, and so they'll, and they'll I don't know how much help willing. they'll need. I think if LeBron goes off and AD go off, like I think it's going to go seven either way. But you can bank on Kawhi playing well in any yeah. series. Like he's averaging thirty on like almost fifty percent shooting this entire playoffs, which is just ridiculous um i think the x factor is paul george if paul george plays like he's supposed to play then yeah again the clippers are the best team in the league um because they have the better surrounding cast but 
if he's not, then it's a lot harder for Kawhi to carry that entire thing. Like, again, still doable. Still, I would probably pick Clippers, um, but it's a much tougher series. And so, I mean, I don't want to go too far because, again, series hasn't happened yet, and then we're just going too far into the docket from later episodes. But um, that'll certainly be a great series because it's the two best teams in L.A. You have the storylines. You have the star power of Kawhi, LeBron, PGAD, um, the benches, coaches. It's, it's everything the league wanted. Exactly. Um, when and they're, they're going to get it. Finished. They're going to get it. So the last bit of news, um, as I'm sure, I mean, we talked about it a little bit briefly, but like Bucks meeting with Giannis. Oh, yeah. Something's happening. Something's going on there because he, he immediately said, I'm not leaving. I go through the wall. I don't run from it. Um, that whole fucking spiel at his exit press conference. But then he immediately meets with, he unfollows everybody on Instagram besides his family, which odd i guess he does I, I saw someone say he does this every year um which i okay fine if if that's yeah what giannis i'm not does. tuned into giannis's instagram. i'm not gonna act like i'm a giannis connoisseur yeah i, I don't follow his instagram strategies very much but <laughs> definitely a concerning thing you have to think about um but yeah i think either bootenholder's getting fired he's gone. middleton's getting shipped like someone's some, coming in something someone yeah they're they're gonna they're if that's two years if in a row they're disappointed. Cons- if they're concerned about giannis being a flight risk there, I think the goal of that meeting is to figure out, do we have something to worry about? If so, leaving. slightly, can we fix it this year by making, like, what do you want? Do yeah. we need to trade Middleton to get a different co-star? Do Look, we you need, basically run the operation now. Tell us what you need us to do. Like, what? yeah, what do you need to keep you here? Like, it sounds like they're trying to figure out if they could go all in on keeping him or if they need to be concerned. Yeah. Um, I saw Bucks fans, like, again, the whole, he does this every year, just, like, sweeping it under the rug. That can't be great either like a lot of guys can like Jalen Brown I hate to keep bringing this back to the Celtics but I'm just so tuned in with that team that I can speak to it yeah. more Jalen Brown and Jason in the night four game seven like had like a heart heart and they're like look I love you like it's been so great to grow up with you and like learn to it's play like together to play with and you. like it's like as a Celtics fan holy shit oh like porn. you're like Max Tatum like keep him here shit. for the next five years let's do this like let's go but on the flip side does Jan- if like a lot of people can cons- well, my point of that is like a lot of people consider their teammates family like this is my, like, Smart, for example, when his, when his mom died, his family was the team. Like, he went to his teammates, he went to his coaches, yeah. and he was like, look, I need you guys so much right now. And they were there for him. Does Giannis not consider anybody on that team his family? Like, he's Besides, close to like, them. the one brother? Yeah, and so, like, he unfollows the entire team. Oh, he does it every year. It doesn't mean anything. Like, he unfollowed even Nike and all that shit. It's like, all right, so, sure, he unfollowed Nike and all of his sponsorships and everything. Does that not worry you that maybe he's getting a reset on his life? He's like, look, I'm done with this shit. I need to get out of everything that's kind of gone with me right now, like, even if he's obviously not going to leave Nike because he has a deal with them, but, like, if he's resetting mentally, like, no one of the Bucks matters to me right now, none of this outside shit matters to me right now, doesn't that worry you as a Bucks fan that he's not, like, I don't want to say not communicating with his teammates because we don't know, but, like, unfollowing your teammates cannot be a good scenario regardless of whether he does it every offseason or not. Like, it's not like, oh, thank God, Giannis unfollowed all those Bucks guys, let's go, like, great, great offseason. Time to hit reboot it's and like, like start so, anew. What what does that does that worry you at all? Like that that I mean, would scare me a little to. bit. Like that was the whole point when I saw the article originally talking about like the expectation is Raptors are heat for him next year. Yeah, is like the people are somebody's planting this already. It's it's this people don't unless you're Lakers Twitter. Sorry Lakers Twitter because you do this. No, not sorry. Fuck you guys. Unless it's like Lakers Twitter when they just like randomly post <laughs> photoshops and they're like, oh, Giannis was following one player on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah it's his brother. Oh, it's his brother. The like, or whatever. That's not necessarily meaning he wants to go to the Lakers. Like, settle down, you. Um, but where there's smoke, it's, there's it's, fire. It's never a good thing. If there's smoke, there's fire. It's coming from somebody. It could be minimal, 
It could be a passing thought. It could be a passing thing that was discussed with an agent. Maybe the agent brought up to hey, you know, if Milwaukee doesn't walk doesn't work out, like what's some places you would like to go? And he goes, oh, you know, like I mean, I don't see this happening, but like Toronto, you know, I wouldn't Miami. hate Toronto, I wouldn't hate Miami, whatever. And it could have been like that simple. But it's still talking. But but it's it's something. Yeah. And it's never good when you are in the middle of a season or a playoff series and that comes out. And that comes out. Look at what happened with Kyrie. I was just gonna say it, like we, we as Celtics fan, we were like. Under the rug, under the rug, under the rug. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. He said he wants to stay. He said he wants to stay. He did the commercial. In hindsight, it was he's not going anywhere. It was hundred percent right the entire time. And it's time. like, no, like he knew he was gone. He he told Ainge in March, I think. I think the report came out that he, like going into the playoffs, they knew Kyrie was gone. Which no wonder that team failed going into the playoffs, like knowing your star player is gone. Um, yeah, because there was a report that if it was if it, if they could have done it, they would have traded Kyrie for Kemba last year. Yeah, and so. Which would have been way better for the yeah, Celtics. Then they would have had the cap flexibility of one in, one out. Yeah. Now we can still. It would have solved a lot of things. Figure because then you're I'm pretty sure you would have then acquired Kemba's bird rights. Mm-hmm. So then you could have done Signed. more yeah. cap maneuverability with free agency. But that's a different. Yeah, but regardless of that, it's that's like a different multiverse yeah. right now. Where Ainge is playing with that and Ainge's, has still is Ainge's like Thanos. out or something. Yeah. Um. But point being, where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I said that already, but it's like. It was there with Kyrie. It was there with um, Giannis. We're talking about Giannis. It was there with Kawhi twice. Kawhi leaving San Antonio, and they were like, "Look, no, Kawhi. This the San Antonio is the New England Patriots of the NBA, and Popovich is Belichick. You don't you don't get out of that. It's kind of like a gang. Like you don't get out of the organization alive. Like if you leave, you're done. Um, And so, but he left, went to Toronto, and then it's all right. How can you possibly leave Toronto? They give you the most money. You just won a championship. You have one of the best teams in the league. The whole nine. Oh, you went home to L.A. And so, where there's smoke, there's fire. Kyrie did it. Kawhi did it. Others have done. Anthony Davis, the entire time, he's telling people, I want to stay. Um, and then, all of a sudden, it changes, and he's in L.A. Um, LeBron, with the with both teams, I guess. But And then, Kyrie, back with, back with the Cavaliers. Like, there was did smoke there. there, too. Like, every and time then, it happens, there's something there to look at. It doesn't happen for no reason. Tom Brady did it. Yeah, Tom Brady did it too. So and the entire year, I was, oh, can he really leave? And is he really gonna do this? He's like, he's forty. He's forty two. Like, is he really gonna learn a new playbook? And and, then, and all the, the, the and smoke. There was smoke. There was fire. We he threw was under the rug and he left. So. And so that was kind of like a Kawhi situation. There, like, is he actually gonna leave? Oh, he, he yeah, left. He did, he did he it. Did. Um, and he plays in three hours. I'll be watching that game. Yeah. But all right. But that's basically it. I would be worried if I'm a Bucks fan. Um. Yeah. You can't be happy losing two years in a row in, dis- in disappointing fashion. And whether that's because a lot of a lot of Bucks fans love Middleton, um, just because he's a likable guy and like they've had him for a long time. But either Middleton's gone or Budenholzer's gone, which I don't think they care for. I think they don't fucking care about Bud. But Budenholzer's gone, Giannis is gone. Something is happening because you can't keep losing and have the best player on your team and one of the best players in the league be a couple years from free agency and he's young and he has a whole future ahead of him. So you have to game plan for that. And so if I'm a Bucks fan, heads up, I'm I'm looking for something coming because. We've been through it as Celtics fans, and it's not it's not fun. Pay attention to the shit that's in front of you. Trust me. All right. And with that, we're going to wrap up. Uh, we'll watch this Patriots game. We'll go watch the Pats game. If you don't, follow us on Twitter at PodRoundTable. Follow Please us on Instagram so. at yeah. RoundTablePod. Uh, we just did a new Facebook page. Follow us there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you all, and we'll hear We're going to be increasing soon. engagement soon. Um, yes. I'm working on something for college, which is an, um, it's, it's a public relations class I'm in. Um, and so it's a, it, I'll keep a long story short. We'll be looking to be more active on a lot of social medias cause we're, um, it's something I have to do for school. So 
be on the lookout for that. We'll hopefully be uh, talking to you guys a lot more often. Maybe putting out two episodes a week sometimes if, um, if it allows it. But other than that, th uh, thank you as always for tuning in. Um, I think I just cut off Joe again because that's my, that's my mainstay. But that's it's all good. Go Pats. Go Pats. Um, stay healthy, everyone. See we'll see you next week.